0: Can I ask you a question? You only got it in the minute, he didn't get points <laughs> for 140 in the arse. No way you're 140 AQ. Off the ball. Weekdays from 7pm on OTB Sports Radio. Off the ball daily.
1: Good afternoon and a happy new year to you and yours on this, the first day of 2023, New Year's Day. Welcome to the first edition of Off the Ball for this calendar year. We have a cracking show coming up for you as well. As we always do, it's a new year, but it's the same old Off the Ball that you know and love. Sitting in for Joe Malloy this weekend is myself, Aidan Delaney. But don't worry, normal service will be resumed next Sunday. I'm here to guide you through the madness and mayhem for the afternoon. We have two Premier League games coming up for you live on the show as we watch if Antonio Conte's Spurs can put their Stevens Day disappointment behind them they take on Unai Emery's Aston Villa at 2 o'clock in our first game our man Stephen Doyle will be joined by the footballing legend Brian Kerr to bring you all the action from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium then it's up the country we go to Nottingham as a struggling Forest look to give their survival chances a boost in a game against Chelsea who of course the Blues still have top four ambitions of their own for the rest of the season that's a half four kick off that one and Nathan Murphy will be joined by the former Republic of Ireland international Keith Tracy for that game as well and as it's the start of a new year there's bold predictions to be made for everyone and team OTB is no different they'll give you their thoughts ahead of a big year in the rugby world with the World Cup on the horizon and of course the small matter of a Six Nations coming up very shortly as well we'll also gaze into our crystal ball to give you surefire guarantees for who will end the year holding Sam Maguire and Liam McCarroll as Ger Nathan, Shane and Adrian preview the All-Ireland Senior Hurling and Football Championships to close out the show just before 7 o'clock this evening. Uh, we will be joined by Anne-Marie Donlin and Stephen Doyle very shortly to give you all the news. But let's take a look at the Premier League table as it stands. And it's good news for Arsenal fans as the Gunners sit on top of the Premier League table on New Year's Day. 16 games played, 14 wins, 43 points on the board after that 4-2 victory over Brighton. Last night. And uh, the bad news for Arsenal fans is the last time they were on top at this stage of the year, uh, they have lost. Uh, they have not won the title on five occasions. So uh, just a bit of hope for Tottenham fans who are listening in, getting ready for the Premier League commentary coming up very soon. But as it stands, Arsenal on top, thanks to the drop points from Manchester City yesterday, they were held to a one-all draw by Everson thanks to that amazing Damari Gray goal. An absolute wonder strike and that ended one-all. Newcastle also dropping points yesterday. Uh, They were held to a nil all draw by Leeds United. Uh, Newcastle, of course, having a game played more as well. They have 17 games played and now sit on 34 points, while City just two points above them on 36 as well. Uh, We will go to Stephen Doyle to give you some team news ahead of our first game very, very shortly, but I am joined now by Amory Dollan, our newsreader of the day. And Amory, Thank you very much for coming in. Happy New Year.
2: No problem. Happy New Year. Feeling nice and smugly fresh today. Not out last night.
1: Exactly. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Some of us had to come in and work. So we had to be nice and sensible. But uh, are you somebody who is, uh, you know, into making New Year's resolutions? Have you got any plans for 2023 already?
2: Oh, yeah. Sure. I make the same ones every year, you know, um, spend less money, read more, spend my time more productively. But it all goes out the window kind of around the third weekend in January. Most people crack. Yeah. But um, um, ah yeah, sure, you can't be too hard on yourself, you know how it is.
1: No, absolutely. Mine is to watch more sport, and I suppose since I've come in here, that's definitely something. Oh, well, you're in the
2: right place. i <laughs> will
1: to do that, definitely. <laughs> and uh, I think we are joined now by Stephen Doyle, who can uh, tell us a bit more about the first game of the day. It's Tottenham taking on Aston Villa. And a Happy New Year to you as well, steve
3: um, many happy returns, Aidan, and uh, happy new year to all the listeners and to Anne Marie, of course. And just like her, I'm feeling smugly fresh this morning. And um, I think there's going to be a few players out there on the pitch this afternoon who'll be feeling exactly the same. Uh, we're just uh, we've just got the team news in, Aidan, as it happens. And uh, interestingly, uh, Tottenham Hotspur have made four changes, but there's some. Uh, Interesting headlines from the uh, Tottenham Hotspur team. The four changes are Hugo Lloris coming in for Fraser Forster, Ben Davis replacing Eric Dyer and Christian Romero, as expected, coming in for Tanganga. But also Brian, Brian Hill, the uh, Spaniard, uh, replaces Diane Kulisewski. That one wasn't flagged before the game in the pre-match press conference with Antonio Conte. Kulisewski is not in the squad, so it would lead us to believe that he is injury injured or uh, Ill, suffering with illness uh, so that's the big surprise really for tottenham kuleshevski of course who we know is a really key player for them and a key player for matt Darty, um in his good performances so far this season. The two seem to link up quite well on that right-hand side for Tottenham Hotspur, who, of course, are without uh, Rodrigo Bent and Cora Charlison and Lucas Moura. Those three players remain out injured. So to give you the team from top to bottom, it's Hugo Larissa in goal, making his first appearance since returning from the World Cup. And then it's Christian Romero also making his first appearance since returning from the Qatar tournament. And he plays in the back three alongside Ben Davis and Clement Longley. We'd imagine that Longley will... as the anchor in that back three. Davis on the left and Romero on the right. Then it's Matt Darty as the right wing back with Ivan Perisic left wing back. And then the central midfield pair is Pierre-Emile Hoybeer and Ibasuma Hoybeer, of course, coming up with that brilliant equaliser against Brentford in their 2-2 draw on St. Stephen's Day. And then it's Brian Hill and hyung min Son Flanking Harry Kane, of course, got the first goal in that uh, comeback draw against Brentford on St. Stephen's Day. Aston Villa, well, they had a disappointing St. Stephen's Day match against Liverpool. They were defeated by three goals to one. They keep the same team. So Emiliano, Emiliano Martinez, like Cristiano, Cristiano Romero on the opposite side, a World Cup winner with Argentina. He is back in the squad, but he's got a place on the bench. And it was uh, said during the week Unai Emery was considering starting Martinez, but uh, I think he felt after seeing him training at Moore he just wasn't ready just yet to start a game. So Robin Olsen, the Swedish goalkeeper, keeps his place in the starting team. It's Ashley Young at right back. Luca Dina. At left back with Konza and Mings as the two centre-halves. John McGinn on the right wing. Buendia on the left wing. It's Douglas Luiz and Kamara as the centre midfielders with Ollie Watkins and Leon Bailey playing up front for Aston Villa. Unchanged from their 3-1 win against Liverpool.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, steve And I know you were a busy man yesterday watching all the football. I suppose uh, three big results there. I've mentioned the nil-all draw between Newcastle and Leeds. Uh, Everson managing to grab a point off Man City and Arsenal uh, really being quite dominant in their game against Brighton last night. Which was the biggest surprise? Was it uh, City dropping points or Arsenal actually dealing with the pressure and you know thriving under that pressure as well?
3: Well, I actually thought both results were were quite surprising in a, in a way, but Arsenal to a lesser extent, the Man City game was incredible and uh, you just felt because Everton, it was funny when I saw the Everton team named and Frank Lampard putting in a back five and you're thinking this is quite negative, uh, quite a negative approach. You find the teams that do well against Manchester City are the teams that go and take them on, that could play on the front foot. We've seen it with the likes of Leicester City with Brentford getting results there at the had But uh, when Everton put out a back five, a 5-4-1, five, a really kind of negative formation, it must be said. And Frank Lampard, he just never really fills you with optimism. Mm-hmm. I'm sure as an Everton supporter. And uh, we know there's a lot of Everton fans who would probably like to see the back of Lampard. But I think this really has uh, given him uh, a bit more um, credit in the bank. But... Uh, it was quite surprising as the game went on. Everton just seemed to grow in confidence and uh, Drissa Gay, I thought was really good for them and Onana at the two centre midfielders. Alex Wobey, who I thought was uh, an interesting signing by them a couple of seasons ago and he got off to a pretty average or poor start you might say to his Everton career but he's just got better and better and I think this season in particular he's played Really, really well. Um, I thought the two fullbacks were really excellent as well. Patterson and Mikulenko played fantastically well. Uh, Patterson, he's got a real bit of grit and determination. He likes getting stuck in. He's only 21 years of age, but you wouldn't think it. He's got a huge confidence uh, for a player like that. And then the, the centre-house, I thought Godfrey really put it up to uh, Arling Holland, and uh, Holland took the bait early on in that game, and uh, while we know you don't want to make players like that angry like the likes of the superstars, Lionel Messi, Arling Holland, Cristiano Ronaldo, but uh, I thought it maybe kind of swung too much the other way for Holland. It, it almost put him off a little bit for the rest of the match. There, there in the was that the two tackle there together. in the
1: first half that was a, a little dangerous. He kind of swung in. Uh, it, was, it was after John Stones had hit the post. Uh, and that was kind of uncharacteristic, I think, from Holland, especially this year. We've seen him a bit more calm and collected. But uh, like you say, that was kind of the first time we've really seen him lose the rag and, and kind of, you know, throw himself about a bit.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, the fact that there was, I think it was seven yellow cards altogether dished out in that game, it tells you a lot about it as well. But listen, I think that was a very surprising result a team like Everton who are so short on confidence at the moment playing under a manager like Frank Lampard who is nowhere near the quality of Pep Guardiola when it comes to uh, managing uh, Premier League teams and he's just lacking so much experience, uh, Frank Lampard and, uh, has proven himself to um, be quite unable to sort out def- his defence, uh, whether it be at Chelsea in his previous job or with Everton and um, perhaps maybe the, having Ashley Young there in his backroom team now has been a help, it also helps when you've got the experience of Tarkovsky uh, in there as well. But a really impressive result. Result, You'd have to give everything huge praise for seeing out the draw and getting that all-important point. And then, you know, the pressure was on Arsenal then to a, to a fair extent uh, when they d- went out against Brighton at the Amex Arena. And I was just looking at the uh, Brighton record against Arsenal before that game. And in the Premier League, before that match last night, Arsenal had only won three of their Premier League games against, three of their ten Premier League games against Brighton, who had won four of those and drawn three. So they had a really dodgy record against Brighton over those ten matches. So there was a bit of pressure going into that match on Arsenal against the Brighton side who are down a couple of players. But once Arsenal got that first goal, you kind of thought, well, you know, they, they, it's going to open up for them here. But, you have to give credit to Brighton, who really dug in and, uh, and and they fought and they battled hard and perhaps might be feeling a little bit uh, unlucky in that they couldn't get a draw out of that game. But I thought Arsenal showed their class. They were brilliant. I thought Martin Odegaard was excellent. I don't think he was man of the match. I thought the man of the match was Thomas Partey. He mm. was fantastic yesterday. And we got got to give big praise to the first Mead man to score in the Premier League, Evan Ferguson, former Bohemians player, getting his first Premier League goal at the age of 18. I thought he was fantastic in out one of the Premier League's best defenders at the moment, Willy Saliba, and uh, keeping his composure to nutmeg the uh, Arsenal goalkeeper and put that one into the back of the net. So uh, big praise to uh, Evan Ferguson. Hopefully that's the start of a really good Premier League career for him.
1: Absolutely, and we will hear from the man himself very shortly as we bring you the news round here on Off The Ball. And Anne-Marie, you're going to start there with our second game of the day. That's Chelsea taking on Nottingham Forest. And uh, we're going to hear a bit from Graeme Potter.
2: Yeah at half past four it is Chelsea away to Nottingham Forest who are in the relegation zone and just a single point above bottom side Southampton. However Chelsea go into this game ninth and eight points off the top four. They did return from the World Cup break with a 2-0 win over Bournemouth earlier this week but before that they hadn't actually won in their previous six league games and have seriously suffered with injuries to the likes of Rhys James, Edward Mendy, Wesley Fofana, Ben Shilwell, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and N'Golo Kante. With all this in mind, manager Graham Potter is not expecting an easy afternoon.
4: You always have to be wary in the Premier League. Um, you know, you can't say on the one hand that it's the greatest league in the world and then think there's easy games. There, there aren't. Uh, I think forrest got a uh, fantastic result against Liverpool, I think, before the break. I have a huge respect for Steve Cooper and the job that he's done there. He's a tremendous, fantastic coach. So they'll be ready. They'll be um, the atmosphere will be uh, hostile. I'm pretty sure because they're, they've been back in the Premier League for a, a first year for a long, long time. So every game, especially Chelsea coming into town, is, is a big game for them. So they'll be motivated and they'll have the quality and they'll be fighting for the points. So uh, we have to be we have to be ready. We, we want to keep improving. That's that's what that's a simple answer. Um, <clears throat> we've had a, a challenging, I would say, challenging uh, some ups and some downs in terms of uh, the previous year, which is normal, I think, in any football club, but we want to try and stabilise and we want to try and improve and um, and, and make our supporters happy because we know that before the break, the last few weeks, it, it wasn't nice for, for us. Results suffered and performances weren't uh, where we'd like them to be. So we have to do better than that. There's a little bit of bad luck. I don't, think it's completely, I don't think you should completely throw it to something that you can't do anything about. There's an element of luck, of course, and then there'll be other things Um, like I said that that happen but um, that's for us to try to learn from and get better with but um, again it's been a challenging season Um, I don't know how pre-season was I wasn't here so I I can't comment and um, and then yeah sometimes you have these I think Liverpool had a period similar earlier on in the season it can happen especially when like I said you play in so many games in a short space and um, without knowing the full extent of pre-season it's hard for me to comment
2: and As you were saying, Arsenal are seven points clear at the top of the table this morning. No side has ever had such a lead on New Year's Day and not gone on to win the league. They capitalised yesterday on Manchester City and Newcastle both dropping points and then they won 4-2 against Brighton at the Amex. That was in the final game of the day. Bukayo Saka, Martin Odegaard, Eddie Nketiah, and Gabriel Martinelli all scoring from Raquel Arteta's side. He actually said after the game that they can play Play better Play And it wasn't all plain sailing for Arsenal. They did concede twice in the second half and the hosts had a late goal ruled out for offside that could have really changed things. The highlight of the game from an Irish perspective was 18-year-old Republic of Ireland striker Evan Ferguson getting his first Premier League goal. He came on after an hour and became the youngest Brighton and Irish player to score in the league. And here he is speaking to Sky Sports after the game.
5: Evan, a disappointing day in the end for your team, but a memorable one for you.
6: Yeah, a disappointing result. Obviously we want to win the game, you know what I mean? But on a personal level, it was good to get the goals. But I think at the end we could have, depending on the offside goal maybe, could have had another chance at it, but that's just the way it goes.
5: Now you came on as the game was probably, or felt like it was getting away from Brighton at the time. What did the manager ask of you? What did he want from you?
6: I think he just, he's looking for a reaction, you know what I mean? He just wants the subs to come in and try to get us going again and try be positive when you come onto the pitch. So like he has his full trust in us, even like the same as the subs and starters, you know what I mean? So just tried to come on and make an impact. Well, you've scored a historic goal. I'll come to that in a moment.
5: But tell us what you remember of
6: it. I just remember coming in deep, not getting the ball. So just spin off in behind. And Donkey obviously found me and that was it, yeah. That's a bit of control there before you actually tucked it away too. Yeah, I think it's just all in the moment, you know what I mean? That's how it happens, but um no, I'm buzzing, buzzing to get the goal.
5: So you personally have your place in Brighton's history books, their record books. You're the youngest ever player to play in the Premier League for Brighton. Mm. You're the first 18-year-old now to score in the Premier League for Brighton. How does that sound?
6: Yes, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing, you know what I mean? So hopefully just keep going, look forward to the game on the third now and hopefully try yet another.
5: It's a tough result in the end. There's a lot of positives to take from today from Brighton's performance, do you feel?
6: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, like, it shows the team we are to come back, have the courage to come back, and obviously Arsenal are a good team, so to do it against them, like, they were a bit nervous at the end, you know what I mean? Like, if that third goal counts, then it could be a different ball game. A
5: lot of optimism from Brighton's point of view for the second half of the season.
6: Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I think we're going to have a a good goal. we go into every game with the same mindset, just trying to win and be aggressive, so... I think that's it, yeah.
2: Steve, you obviously will say that he learned his trade at Daily Mount. Um uh, I remember him making his debut back for Bose, and he's never looked his age. He's so strong and imposing, such a big unit, and he's well able for this level, isn't he?
3: Oh, absolutely, Amory. Yeah, uh, um, I remember him uh, playing in that game against Chelsea, the uh, friendly at Daily Mount Park, and uh, he definitely didn't look out of place. And as you say, physically, mm-hmm. he definitely just looks so much uh, m- older than uh, than his uh, his years. Um, He was 14 years of age, of course, when he uh, played that match against Chelsea and then uh, played in the uh, League of Ireland as well. He played a match against Finn Harps, against St. Pats as well. Brian Kerr, my co-commentator, might remember that game as well. We get uh, his uh, word on Evan uh, later on in the show. But um, the one thing I would say to you as well, Vinnie Pert, uh, or one of our other co-commentators, um, I spoke to him about Evan before. He would be a good friend of Evan's dad, Barry Ferguson, of course, he did play for Shamrock Rovers. And uh, he's always said that, you know, just playing in it, you know, they'd have kickabouts uh, uh, when they're away in holidays and that kind of stuff. And, he always said, like for a young fellow when he was in his late teens, uh, mid to late teens, um, he just he, he could out muscle Vinny on the ball and that kind of thing. He's just so, so strong. And you could see that yesterday with that goal against Saliba. Just, uh, he really did well to hold him off. You know, a very experienced defender, an international defender like him to put that ball away. And I'd say his confidence will be sky high today. The only thing we should say, of course, is that Aaron Connolly, we know, burst onto the scene with those two goals against Tottenham hotspur and you know things went downhill for him a bit after that so Evan ferguson just has to keep his feet on the ground he might get a start against everton they're away to everton in their next game and i feel that's a game he might get a goal or two in
1: Absolutely, and listen. We'll keep the fingers crossed. It's been a decent weekend for the Irish so far. Um, James Coleman coming on to keep that point for Everton last night as well, and as you mentioned, Matt Doherty back in the starting lineup for Tottenham today as well. So hopefully, uh, another decent weekend for the Irish side as well. Uh, let's go to the Championship, Anne Marie. There's one game on there at the minute.
2: Yeah, there is the early game. Blackburn Rovers currently lead Cardiff City one goal to nil. That is taking place at the moment. Should the result stay like this, Blackburn would stay third in the table that is eight points behind Sheffield United who are three points behind leaders Burnley at three o'clock this afternoon Huddersfield face Luton Town Coventry take on Bristol City Millwall and Rotherham is at the Den and then strugglers Blackpool entertain Sunderland
1: Yeah Blackpool Sunderland could be a decent game there if you're uh, so inclined Uh, we've got some rugby action coming up later on as well
2: Yeah sure do all four Irish provinces are in action with two Interpro derbies taking place in the United Rugby Championship First up Ulster entertain Munster that's at a quarter past five The hosts go into the game off the back of a nervy win over Connacht but they will be boosted by the return of Robert Ballacoon Jacob Stockdale James Hume and Billy Burns Graham Rowntree's side then lost to Leinster by a single point on St Stephen's Day down at Thomond Park Rowntree took over the Southern Province this season it's fair to say that they had a really poor start while he says they have been improving, they have to pick up points with wins.
0: I see elements of our game constantly improving. Things we were working on worked. I thought we scored three good tries as well, which we worked hard for. Um, but as I said, after the game, it was all tinged with disappointment, wasn't it? Conceding two, two tries. Uh, the event, you know, we lost a game that we could have should have won. When you see how we're playing the improvements that we've made uh, throughout the last few months particularly with the ball in hand our defence has improved as well in terms of our contacts Um, obviously disappointed with the two tries at the weekend but no i i definitely see an upward trajectory for us but ultimately it's all about winning we aim every week to win that's why we do the job um there's certain things we've got to stop Ulster doing Whatever team you're playing against, when you're analysing the certain traits and things that they do well, we've got to stop. And Obviously, Ulster got a very strong maul. They play a lot of their maul in a very direct running game. Um, so we've got to stop that. Um, and we'll continue to build on what we're getting better at in terms of our, our attack.
2: At 25-8 to 8 then tonight, tabletoppers Leinster take on Connacht. And elsewhere today, Cardiff host the Ospreys, while Scarlets take on the Dragons.
1: Yeah, we're into the final eight of the darts championship as well uh, there is one game on at the minute in the afternoon session uh, Belgian Dimitri Vanderberg, he's a 2-1 down to Welshman Johnny Clayton as well there's other games coming up as well Amory.
2: yeah elsewhere in the afternoon session today we're at the quarter final stage as you mentioned last year's finalist Michael Smith takes on Liverpool native Stephen Bunting and then this evening at Alexandra Palace 2021 champion Gerwin Price is up against Gabriel Clements and Michael Van Gerwen continues his quest to win a fourth title he was the favourite to win this tournament before a dart was even thrown standing in his way at this stage though is Chris Doby who has actually never made it this far before so set to be a special day for him as he takes on the favourite
1: Yeah a really angry interview with uh, when he had that win over Gary earlier on, Gary Anderson earlier on in the tournament so he's a fiery young man and will certainly put it up to MVG in the late game tonight as well. Uh, We're also going to hear from one of the stars of golf from last year, Shane Lowry.
2: Yeah, he says he's ready to make a charge for a Masters win this year. The Offaly man finished in a tie for third place last April and also won the BMW Championship at Wentworth. Looking ahead to the new season, Lowry has said he feels he has the confidence to take home the green jacket.
7: Yeah, I know I have what it takes, um, but I feel like I've always known I have what it takes. But when you you know when you back it back it up and give yourself a chance, it's it's nice. So um, I'll be gearing towards that when it comes around to, to it in April, and I you know I hope that I'm going in the same form that I did before, or that I did that I did this year, and um, just giving my all when it comes to it. And you know you'd love to love to get on that back nine on Sunday with a chance again, and um, you know if I do that, hopefully I pull off the shots at the right time, and and it, it all happens. But yeah, it feels like it's it's a long way away, but it's only around the corner. So uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, I look forward to Christmas every year, but I'm looking forward to January to getting back to work and getting, you know, getting my head down and stuck into doing what I have to do. You know, you need to be very good, made long arm player around the ghost. I feel like I have that strength, and um, when you do get yourself in trouble, you need to be a decent chipper. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like I have what it takes. Um, it's mentally whether you you give yourself. Or allow yourself to do it that week. That's that's the big thing. So, um, but you can only, you can only sort that out when you get there, and you know, figure that out when you get there. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's an exciting year, twenty twenty three. I'm looking forward to, to a lot of it. A lot of big things going on, and uh, yeah, hopefully all good things. Jane
1: Larry there. And uh, there is a fantastic video online if you haven't seen. It's about 10 minutes there from the DP World Tour of him going back home after uh, what was a a long, hard year for him. And it would be absolutely fantastic to see him take home a green jacket, wouldn't it?
2: Yeah, and indeed, any Irish major Mm. this year. It's a bit of a magical time for Irish golf, with obviously McElroy being probably the number one player in the world. He seems untouchable on his day, but also. Lowry and Seamus Power as well uh, Potter Carrington still has the Ripping ability the to, store yeah, the to, to light up a Sunday but also Leona Maguire and the fact that the Irish Women's Open is now back and it's mm. going to be back for another year next year and she's going to obviously play at it and McElroy back at the Irish Open the Men's Irish Open so it's a fantastic time for Irish golf and it'd be just lovely if it was topped off by an Irish major whether that be Leona on the LPGA tour or one of them on the PGA tour it would be
1: fantastic to yeah, see. Yeah we'll keep the fingers crossed there anyway and uh, just to finish then uh, a big day for racing of course at this time of year.
2: There sure is another big day of racing the Grade 3 Savills New Year's Day Chase is the feature of the day at Tremor where a seven race card is taking place. The Willie Mullins trained Statler is expected to go off the favourite there that goes to post at a quarter past two that's one of seven races and there's also seven races at Fairy House That card also underway.
1: Yeah, uh, Willie Mullen starting off this year the way he ended last year as well with the opener. uh, uh, Tremor there as well. He had uh, Cui de Paris, the 5-1 on favourite of Paul Townend. uh, His uh, stablemate there uh, taking the 5-12 to 12 race so a good way for Willie to start off and uh, looks like another big year for the Carlo trainer as well uh, just before we go uh, just to remind you that we will have the OTB AM team uh, giving you their predictions for the world of rugby with the Six Nations Championship of course coming up very shortly they'll also cast their eye on who they think will take home the Rugby World Cup as well that will finish off the show they'll also take a look at the All-Ireland Hurling and Football Championships as well but to get a prediction from yourself Anne-Marie what is it you're looking forward to to this year any particular sports that you think will steal the show in 2023 I really
2: think golf I think we could be in line for an Irish major and obviously the one that we all want to see is Rory at Augusta but any Irish major would be brilliant I'd love to see Leona Maguire as well to do it I just feel it's such a brilliant time for Irish golf it just seems to be that Ireland is just punching so above its weight in terms of golf and it'd be just so perfect to cap it off with a major this year yeah, whoever and even, it is uh,
1: like you mentioned Leona if she managed to get a major win as well that would be just such a, a fill up for the sport here in this country as well
2: oh it'd be magic like when you think about where she's come the first ever Irish player to play on the ladies tour like to get her first win last year if she was to follow that up this year with a major it's mm. fairy tale stuff but also it's not really fairytale stuff that's actually not fair because she's no, worked she's, so she's hard she's put for it. Yeah. yeah
1: absolutely Well, listen, uh, thank you very much for joining me, Anne-Marie. I'll hand over now to Steve O after this break. He'll be joined by Brian Kerr to bring you all the action from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It's Tottenham versus Aston Villa, and we'll have a preview with Brian and Steve O coming up after this. Can I ask you a question? You only got into minute, he didn't get points. 140 (laughs) 140 the arse. No way
0: you're 140 on you. Off the ball. Weekdays from 7 pm on OTB Sports Radio.